Chapter Three of Rational Theology, as Taught by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, by John Andreas Widsoe. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Wayne Cook. Chapter Three, Eternalism. The conceptions necessary for logical thought belong to the gospel as well as to science, for a satisfactory life philosophy must be based on all knowledge known to man, all knowledge the basis. The gospel, as the largest knowledge, must include the knowledge of all sciences. The conceptions of time and space are quite as necessary in theology as in natural science or in any other branch of human thought. The gospel does not claim, however, possession of ultimate knowledge concerning space or time or other fundamental conceptions. Indeed, man is ordinarily allowed to work out for himself the truths of the universe and to organize them into systems of thought which he may follow profitably. Knowledge is given directly by superior intelligence only when it becomes indispensable. Moreover, there are innumerable phenomena in the universe which could not be explained by the human understanding as at present developed. The distinguishing feature of the gospel is that it possesses the key to the final philosophy of life. In outline it offers the entire plan of life in the universe, and a man may gauge for all time to come in the elaboration and development of each department of this great universal plan of human life without requiring an expansion of the outline. The plan is complete. Eternal Matter The saddest feature of man-made religions is their lack of security. One man constructs one theology, another a different one, and men flock hither and thither, accepting the one that appears for the moment to be the best, without deeply feeling that the one finally accepted is absolutely the one and only correct system of thought. Yet this is logically absurd. For a house is either red or not red, a stick is straight or not straight, a man has truth or only the semblance of truth. Two different truths cannot be parallel with respect to the same thing. The final philosophy of life must be based on irrevocable truth. That which is true must always remain true, though the applications may change greatly from generation to generation. It is the absence of such fundamental certainties, no doubt, that leads men into a new search for a satisfying religion or that drives them away from their old theology. The gospel of Jesus Christ is obviously a system founded on unvarying certainties. Its doctrines rest on demonstrated truths that lie at the foundation of all sound, acceptable thinking. For instance, as a cornerstone of theology, the gospel recognizes, in connection with the existence of space and time, the existence of matter. Without matter, the mind of man would have no material on which to act, and the existence of matter becomes, therefore, a fundamental conception of the gospel. It is the business of man to become acquainted with matter in all its forms, so far as may be possible in order to provide a foundation on which the reasoning mind of man may increasingly build its power. 
The Gospel holds strictly to the conception of a material universe. Much inconsistency of thought has come from the notion that things occur in a material and an immaterial state. This unthinkable condition has been made the basis of doctrines concerning God and man, which have led to utter confusion of thought. The Gospel accepts the natural view, supported by all human experience, that matter occurs in many forms, some visible to the eye, others invisible, and yet others that may not be sensed by any of the senses of man. In short, there is no such thing as immaterial matter, but some forms of matter are more refined than others. Light, heat, and other similar forces are held by science to be manifestations of a subtle state of matter, beyond the immediate senses of man, which has been called ether. In fact, matter as ordinarily known, and ether, a finer form of matter, are everyday conceptions of science. The material universe may appear in a variety of forms, but man recognizes directly only that form which is the ordinary matter of our daily lives. Universal matter is indestructible. Matter is eternal, that is, everlasting. Whether the various forms of matter may be converted one into the other is not definitely known. Any such conversion would, however, leave the total quantity of matter unchanged. God, the supreme power, cannot conceivably originate matter. He can only organize matter. Neither can he destroy matter. God is the master who, because of his great knowledge, knows how to use the elements already existing for the building of whatever he may have in mind. The doctrine that God made the earth or man from nothing becomes therefore an absurdity. The doctrine of the indestructibility of matter makes possible much theological reasoning that would be impossible without this doctrine. The nature of matter is not, in and of itself, a subject of deep concern in practical religion. By the slow, laborious methods of man's search for truth, the nature of matter will gradually be revealed. Whether it shall be found to be something distinct, or a form of the universal energy, will not be of consequence in the gospel structure. That matter, whatever it is, is eternal, is, however, a principle of highest theological value, for it furnishes a foundation for correct reasoning. Eternal Energy Matter, wherever found and in whatever form, always possesses energy. It is frequently said that matter in motion only can impress the human mind. Matter without motion, were it conceivable, could not be recognized by the human mind as at present constituted. Matter is always associated with energy, energy with matter. It is not conceivably possible to separate them. Whether one is a manifestation of the other, so that there is only matter or only energy, or if they are distinct things, we do not know. All sound thought recognizes, however, the existence of energy throughout the universe. Energy appears in many forms, such as heat, light, electricity, magnetism, gravitation, and, according to the gospel, the many spiritual forces. These various forms of energy seem to be convertible, one into the other, thus indicating the existence of one central force, of which all other forces are manifestations. The question of energy will probably be answered gradually as the knowledge of man increases. 
of one thing the Gospel, as well as science, is perfectly certain, namely, that the energy in the universe is indestructible. Changed it may be, from heat to light, from light to electricity, from electricity to magnetism, or from any form to any other form of energy, but destroyed it cannot be. Like matter, energy had no beginning and can have no end. God, possessing the supreme intelligence of the universe, can use energy in accomplishing his ends, but create it or destroy it, he cannot. Undiminished, ever-acting universal energy will continue through all times. Universal Intelligence In one particular, however, the gospel goes beyond the teachings of modern science. The gospel teaches that, associated with the universal energy that vivifies universal matter, and possibly identified with it, is universal intelligence, a force which is felt wherever matter and energy are found, which is everywhere. The forces of the universe do not act blindly, but are expressions of a universal intelligence. That a degree of intelligence is possessed by every particle of energized matter cannot be said, nor is it important. The great consideration is that, since intelligence is everywhere present, all the operations of nature, from the simplest to the most complex, are the products of intelligence. We may even conceive that energy is only intelligence, and that matter and intelligence, rather than matter and energy, are the two fundamentals of the universe. Eternal Intelligence Throughout the universe are found, in addition to indestructible matter, everlasting energy and universal intelligence pervading space. Quote, man was also in the beginning with God, end quote. The doctrine that man is an eternal being leads to untold possibilities. Eternal man lived a personal life before the earth life began, and he continues a personal existence hereafter. The Eternal Relationship The phenomena of the universe result from the interaction of matter, energy, and intelligence. These fundamental universal elements are forever acting upon each other to produce the infinite variety of the universe. Nevertheless, space is not filled with disorder. Chaos does not prevail. On the contrary, the universe, so far as known, is essentially orderly. This comes from the great law of cause and effect. If energy acts on matter in a given way, a definite effect is obtained. Under like conditions, the same cause will forever give the same effect. Where, therefore, like conditions are permanently operating, like results will always be found. This law lies at the foundation of the orderliness of nature. Quote, there is a law irrevocably decreed in heaven upon which all blessings are predicated, and it is only by obedience to this law that any blessing may be obtained. End quote. An eternal plan. The gospel itself, the so-called plan of salvation or great plan, in obedience to which men guide their earth lives, is eternal. It is not a temporary or transient thing, made primarily for the handful of men and women on earth, but it is an eternal plan based upon the everlasting relationship of the elements of the universe, a plan which in some form has adapted everywhere and forever for the advancement of personal beings. This must be so, for it leads to a definite end, and in accordance with the law of cause and effect, it must have a universal 
meeting. Eternalism. The gospel is founded on tangible and eternal things and relationships. These eternal realities, no doubt, in their essence, lie beyond the full understanding of man, just as time and space transcend human understanding. This conception, carried far enough, leads to a gospel or life philosophy which is unshakable, because it rests upon eternal certainty. Without certainty, man is, in the great affairs of life, merely the driftwood of existence, moved hither and thither by the wind of doubt. The gospel may be said to be the philosophy of eternalism. The gospel is immersed in the ocean of eternity. End of chapter 3